You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been cleared for takeoff. And welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football, sponsored by Tarps Apparel. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with the Robin to my Batman, Cliffy D. <laughs> How are you doing, chum? <laughs> Ooh, holy analogy, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did say we'd be back. There's very little Alouette's. It's, it's funny. I've seen some of the other podcasts in the uh, the CF Podcast Network team, uh, group. You know, they may be out of the playoffs, but they're still going to talk about the CFL leading up to the Grey Cup. I mean, it is it is a it is our national championship game, is it not? Absolutely, and you know what? Even if the Alouettes aren't in it, there's still lots of really exciting football still to be played and has been played so far. I mean, uh, semifinal games were pretty good, actually. Uh, I mean, not not if you were a BC Lions fan, unfortunately, or Wallace <laughs> Oh, boy, my my heart broke for him. I mean, that was I. That was his last game, and not the best game to go out on. So not at all. Uh, but but I will say I don't think that that game nor the uh, was it a three game losing streak the Lions were on. Yeah, that I those are not going to be reflective of the career of Wally Buono. Was I think it the Lions uh, or was it Saskatchewan? Uh, no, I think it was the Lions. The Lions, I think the Lions were losers of three straight, if I'm not mistaken. I know they were just they were just bad on the road. That, I think that, that that hurt too. I mean, one of the two wins was in Montreal. So, yep. Hey, but hey, the road to the road to the cup, leading up to who's going to be the world champion of Canadian football? <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! Uh, we do have a special guest with us this week, uh, and it is one that I know we teased a little bit on social media, and um we felt we needed to try to get some information some more information from the alouettes specifically on what they're looking to do for the 2018 offseason leading up to the new launch of the of the brand in 2019 so we were lucky enough to be able to get alouettes president uh patrick boivin on the on the horn and we will be uh, getting to that interview very shortly um but yeah um a little, a little bit Alouette's news. Let's, you know what? Before we get to that, let's, as I said, let's talk about let's talk about the games in the uh, in the CFL semifinals. It was, as you said, that first game in 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 Hamilton, man. Uh, it, it was just a, a total shellac. And I think it's funny. Everybody kept referencing the last time that BC came out west, out east. They got shellac by the Owls in the Big O in 2014. Uh, not at the big O at Percival Molson. No, but oh, yes. sorry, sorry. It's in the last two times because the scoreboard that they showed, somebody tweeted out was from from the big O, and I'm wondering, wait, was it the one prior to that? Yeah, that would be. Uh, was it uh, 2008? Uh, I want to say something like uh, that. Or no, sorry. Uh, no, maybe two. Oh gosh, I don't remember. You're but yes, there was 
the time where BC came and played and got blown out at Olympic Stadium. But uh, the most recent victory was in 2014. Okay. okay. And it was at Percival Molson. And that was, uh, as I remember, the snow game, so to speak, because oh, yeah. we, got, we got quite a bit of snow. And even though uh, you know the attendance wasn't the greatest, it was still an awesome game. Just the atmosphere was incredible. Like It was a... One of the last times where I can truly say this was a really good Alouettes football team. And man, that is so depressing to have to say, but I know that's what it was. And unfortunately for the BC Lions, uh, it just seems like whoever, whoever said that the path to the Great Cup going going east would be the easy way can officially choke on it because <laughs> look, look what Hamilton did. They basically pantsed the BC Lions. They just put them over their knee and spanked them oh, repeatedly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was just they just couldn't get anything going. BC, I, I really, truly thought it was going to be a shutout when all the, all was said and done. I but, know. Uh, by the way, the game, the second game that we were talking about was 2009, where they beat BC in the crossover game 56-18. Then they got shellacked, as you said, 50 to 17 in 2014. Ouch, BC. Ouch, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you what, folks. If, like I said, you, you think coming east is the easy way to go? By all means, you want to believe that? Knock yourself out. Yep. But I think the BC Lions especially will attest to, you know what? It's not that easy. No. Uh, what uh, I think, you know what? It all started off, and I think the, the TSN did a very good job of it. They didn't rod black it in any way, shape, or form was the uh, – was the the nature boy rick flair i mean oh. they, they, what they did was perfect was absolutely perfect uh even ha- even him coming uh on the who, who was he on the he wasn't on the main panel who was he there with um it was, it was james duffy yeah james duffy and him getting him to do the woo i mean oh. sorry woo sorry i had to do it <laughs> oh it's gotta be done you're talking about the nature the boy nature. styling and profiling yeah um but they didn't overdo it, uh, you know. Everybody's saying now with uh, with the Tiger Cats bringing in him, uh, what's what's Calgary going to do? Are they going to are they going to reach out to Brett the Hitman Hart? <laughs> Turns out they have. Uh, well, there's been talk of that, and Brett Hart himself has actually gone on the record and said that yeah, he's he's open to doing it. So I mean, Calgary. I mean, if you want to see your hometown hero come out and do what the Nature Boy did, I I don't think he'll do quite that. I don't think he'll quite be. That that's not Bret Hart's style, no, but no. I, I again, if he's there to help rally the troops, then man, why not? Why not just make a make a fatal four way match of all the uh, <laughs> Canadian wrestlers and CFL teams? There you go. Uh, I don't. I really don't know what else to say about about this game. I mean, it was it, it was just a complete and utter shellacking, you know. Yeah, uh, uh, I, think, I think Jeremiah Masoli just uh, cemented his case for most outstanding player nominee for the East. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I will he beat Bowley by Mitchell? I don't think so. I think, like popularity wise, I think p- people are still going to believe in Bo. But I think Masoli, for all his trials and tribulations, being a part of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, he proved like he he stepped up and he proved that he belongs in the conversation. Uh, do I want to put him in that elite tier that uh, Bo Levi and Mike Riley are in? If he wins a great cup, I'll put him in that tier. But right now he's he, he's knocking on the door. At least he is definitely making his case to stay that. You know what? I do deserve to be in that conversation as one of the better quarterbacks in the Canadian Football League. I mean, he was just uh, he, he he balled out, as they say, like he's truly balled out and. The defense came alive for the, the Tiger Cats as well. I mean, this was just a complete domination by Hamilton. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
then we go to the second game of the weekend. It was a, I would consider this an upset. Uh, Winnipeg goes into into Regina and beats the Rough Riders 23-18. Uh, wow. Uh, it was, you know what, I think the biggest thing was Coach Jones playing games with who was going to start, but I think it was really, every. I think everybody really knew, even when he announced who that Brandon Bridge was going to start, was, you know, the... You know, Caleros was not just not cleared to go, and I, I think it really changed the dynamic of the game. Um, I mean, we've seen bits of the good and the bad from Brandon Bridge, especially mm-hmm. last year in the playoffs when he came in off the bench. But this wasn't the same thing this year. Um, yeah, it, to me, that was that was you know can't, not to take anything away from from Matt Nichols at, at, in any way, shape, or form, but. You know, if it had been Calaris under center, I think uh, I'm not saying the the outcome would have been different, but I think I think it would have been a different a different game altogether. Oh, you're absolutely right. And I, I just watching Brandon Bridge under center this past Sunday, and it still really feels like uh, Mac, uh, the offensive coordinator for the 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 blue uh, blue Bombers, the the Riders, uh, Stephen McAdoo, uh, he pretty much made. Brandon Bridge play with Zach Laros's playbook, and it just didn't work. Uh, Brandon Bridge could not be any di- more different a quarterback than Zach Laros. It, yeah. It's if you knew, especially if you knew earlier in the week that there was a very, very good possibility that Zach Laros was not going to play in this game, then you have to adjust accordingly. And I just didn't feel, based on a lot of the plays, like it, it really felt like there was a governor on on Brandon Bridge. He couldn't go out and be that great quarterback, aside from like moving moving the, the ball with his legs. He did that very well. And that's what I expect of him because he is a very mobile quarterback. But the guy could, guy could sling the rock too. And they just really didn't let him do it. And it was it was very baffling. Like just the fact that they were still able to be competitive really spoke a lot to the team itself. But I mean, Winnipeg just, they had a game plan and they just followed it to perfection and basically forced the riders to play their style of football. And it just, it was not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, it, it just, just. I, I said Winnipeg was able to do what they needed to do, man. I'm just looking at it, looking at the stats here, and yeah, I understand they're playing games and stuff like that. And you know, I think, I, I unfortunately, what's going to overshadow the the win by the Bombers is what happened on the second to last play of the game, where Brandon Bridge got a, a helmet to the chin, uh, and I, I didn't see his press game pre- uh, press conference, but I know it was it's on uh, it's on social it's on uh, online. But yeah, it's then I said I think that took away I think that took away from from the game in itself because it, it was there was another narrative that people were talking about. But I guess it needed to be talked about because with Commissioner Ambrosi stepping in and making a statement, it looks like there may be some sort of changes when it comes to maybe the eye in the sky next year and being able to call them if something like that is not called. Yeah, and especially if, like this league touts itself on its player safety rhetoric and all that, and you know that's all well and good. But I mean, if you don't actually put it into play then all you're doing is just talking and i absolutely agree like use the eye in the sky if it's there like you know don't use it for every single thing i get that but especially in a a playoff game where there's so many implications and then something like this happens i mean it's just yeah it really took the wind out of the sails for a lot of people and that's really unfortunate because i mean for the most part like this could have would it have decided the game maybe maybe not i i'm of the opinion that it probably wouldn't have changed a whole lot but at the same time for me, it's all about the fact that you keep touting the you know the importance of player safety. That's why we have these like the 
extra bye week. We have uh, you know no very little contact uh, and during practices, uh, I mean, things like that. Like these are all things that are supposed to be designed to keep the players safe. And I get that, and I appreciate it one hundred percent. But then you have stuff like this happens, uh, and you don't. You, you've got tools in place that you can use for something like that. Like someone could have just basically stepped up and said, you know what? No, we're going to take a look at this again and we're going to assess accordingly. And it just, it just didn't happen. And I can understand why so many fans are upset with that. It's, it's one of those things that you just, it's, it's just not a good look. Let's put it that way. It's just not a good look for the league, not a good look for the team and the players. Uh, again, this is something that Randy Ambrosi is going to have to take a, a good long look at during the off season. And I definitely think changes are going to have to be made and there's just no two ways about it. Yeah, I think so too. Cause I think, uh, uh, you know, he, he can't, he doesn't have carte blanche where he can do everything right away, you know, but you know, without talking to the other, you know, talking to the other teams and whatnot and, uh, the other, you know, uh, owners and, and execs and stuff like that. So I'm sure a lot of it too also has to do with, uh, the players association because, as soon as you start throwing out fines and suspensions and things like that, then they would get involved. But again, it's also for their own safety too. So, I mean, they, I don't know. Again, I know you can't make decisions on the fly like that. It's not like the, uh, the decision all of a sudden to uh, knock off uh, the uh, any celebrations involving alcohol, for example. Like They made a decision on that pretty quick. But uh, when it comes to player safety and headshots and things like that, there always seems to be, a, I guess, a cooling off period. Just make sure they don't make any rash decisions. But... I think in a case like this, you could have sort of made the decision almost immediately just to sort of set a precedent and pretty much put everybody else on notice going forward that these things are going to be looked at carefully and, you know, such egregious hits are also not going to be tolerated. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, as you said, it'll be interesting to see what the uh, what the league does and how to modify uh, how these type of headshots or these type of things are, are looked at by the league. So uh, will they get more powers in the eye in the sky? I think most likely, um, but we'll we'll see, we'll see. Uh, it's uh, anything can any. We, we know anything can happen, and we once we hear, I'm sure uh, at the owners' meetings, you know, we will hear what rules they want to suggest for next year and modifications. And I'm sure you know something. Some, something about headshots will will have something to do with it. So um, there is some some more Alouette stuff that we want to talk about. Obviously, um, before we get to the interview, because it kind, kind of leads into the interview itself and we will have some more stuff to talk about after it afterwards but um uh, earlier on monday it was i don't know what what word to use here cliff do it was it was it was it leaked was it was it found was it <laughs> i don't know I, I would say unearthed how about we go with that okay so it by Chris Creamer over at sportslogos.net uh one of a the logos or sorry trademarks was unearthed by him and he put out a put out a a a nice little story on the uh on the mark itself and where it may fit into the scheme of things for the alouettes going forward in 2019 um i um i'm on record to say that i liked it i know i know you're i think you were more on the fence than i am but uh from what i saw i i really like it because it I, I think the 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 embered. Let me tell you, the embered. The embered looks unique. Uh, it you know it's, symbolizes more than one thing than just the the M. But we'll uh, we'll have to we'll have to see what what happens going forward. But uh, other than that, I mean the, the color looks nice. It looks like it's 
going to be on the helmet. It just looks it, but I, you know, I'm not 100% sure. But uh, uh, overall, from what I saw from the story that he had over, over or at his site uh, um, and what was found on the, on the trademark site, that it looks quite nice. It's a very subtle logo, I will say that. Uh, I mean, it's you really don't know what to make of it. I mean, you definitely see there's a lot of layers to it. You see the M, you see the bird, you see a potential A as well. I mean, it's, there's lots of well, – it reminded me a lot of uh, – Montreal Expos, like just people look at that logo and like, well, what does it mean? But then you, once you start looking at it closely, you start seeing like the M, the E, the B. So like Montreal Expos baseball, it's a lot like that with the this this particular trademark. Right. And again, I I can't say that I hate it. I definitely don't hate it. I mean, it definitely will take some getting used to. After let's not forget, for about twenty the twenty past years, we had the we had the 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 bird, the the Alouette bird, the angry bird, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this is definitely a totally different paradigm shift. And, I mean, it's very minimalist. It's very simple, but it's very clean, too. So, uh, again, the more I look at it, I mean, I, I honestly don't hate it. But, I mean, it's just so different from what we've come to expect from the Canadian Football League in general as far as some of their logos go. So, I mean, again, it, it's just one of the things that I think – will catch on i think people will respond to it the same way they did to the delta logo back in the 70s uh again i i'll, I'll wait for the the final reveal i don't know exactly. like as we said we we don't know if this is going to be the actual logo or if it's just going to be a helmet logo or what exactly but i mean it's it's something it's it's something more for us to talk about i mean man I, you, you've been saying it all along is it february yet because we want to see what these <laughs> new uniforms look like and Part of that new uniform includes the helmets. They includes the actual logo to see how the 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 new look Montreal Alouettes are going to be in 2019. So I mean, this is just stoking that fire, like just getting people getting people hyped up about it potentially. Yeah, uh, as I say, and it's it's only a mark. I mean, what's interesting is that one of the other marks that's that's on a couple of the shirts already, the Montrealls. Uh, that mark is on some of the shirts that are over in the boutique already. So. Uh, you know, as we found out earlier in the year, you know, with Matthew Shinetti, that it had been in, in the works for a while. And uh, I do know that in our interview, um, uh, Patrick Boima does expound a little bit more on that. And uh, we'll be able to hear that in a couple of minutes here. Um, but yeah, I, I'm curious to see, I'm curious to see what, how everything turns out. And, uh, I, you know, people know me know I'm a logo guy. If I hate it, I like it, I like it. I'll say I like it. If I hate it, I hate it. So, but again, we got to wait till February. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but I mean, again, at least this now is just maybe it's just designed to get people talking. I, I don't know if they would just sort of expand upon this or if that's going to be the the final look. I mean, as it stands right now, if this did end up being the final look again, I I could get behind it. It's just, as I said, just just the initial shock of seeing it like that just laid bare with those colors. It's like, whoa, uh, OK, Uh <laughs> Like part of me is looking for a little bit more, but then there's also part of me that kind of appreciates the fact that it's not too busy either. But I mean, it's really just blue and red and that's it. Like <laughs> just part of me feels like it needs to be fleshed out just a little bit more. Like you don't have to put a, a face on it or anything like that, but just sort of, I don't know. Just... That's, that's why I think it's, it's a, it's either a secondary or a tertiary mark. I really don't think that that is the actual logo itself. I really don't. Well, like I said, we're we're, we're going to have to wait till uh, Super Bowl weekend apparently to uh, to find this out. So, yeah. 
Man, I've I've never been so excited to see a, a football season end so quickly just because I want to see how these how these uniforms and this whole look I want to see what this whole thing's all about, Tim. This is crazy. I know, I know. Oh, before we get to the interview with uh, Patrick Boivin, we want to make sure that we give a shout out uh, to our presenting sponsor, Tarps Apparel. Uh, Tarps Apparel is a, it's a Canadian made, Canadian manufactured clothing company highlighting legendary athletes and their stories on vintage tees. Hey, but you know what, Cliff? These aren't your regular t-shirts. Uh, they use only high-end bamboo-based materials on their tees to create a thin, soft feel that is unmatched in sports clothing market. In the sports clothing market, I can now say I know that 100% because we met up yesterday, um, and we were uh, you were you were able to make delivery of the uh, of the shirt that we got from from Tarps, our Peter Della Riva shirts. Uh, well, they're soft, man. <laughs> I'm- I'll tell you, you, and pictures you, are coming, people. Pictures are coming. No, and the one thing I love about these shirts is, yeah, they're just they're very comfortable. They they don't feel like they have to be broken in or anything. It almost feels like they were they came broken in. Like that's just the feeling right away. You just put it on and you're ready to go. And I love the fact that it's not flashy. It's really it's kind of like the, these players themselves. Like just they kind of kind of got a bit of a grittiness to them, but at the same time, like they've got that that class, that appeal, and it just makes for an absolutely appealing product. And like I said, you could almost wear this to a formal function. Like that's just how nice these, these shirts are is that you could actually, you know, throw a, like a, like a blazer on top of it and you'd be good to go. Like business casual there, there it is. There and I tell you, like the fact that it's a, have we mentioned that it's a Canadian based company? I like, think so. But uh, and, uh, go ahead and mention and it the, again. There you go. Canadian-based company, Canadian pr- produced here in Canada, these T-shirts. And let's not forget, a, pro- a portion of the proceeds is going to a lot of these players, to the uh, alumni associations. I mean, like this, like you are supporting Canadian football by buying these T-shirts. So by all means, go check them out. They're at Tarps Apparel on Twitter. Head over to the website. Get your Christmas shopping started, folks. I mean, these are some great, great T-shirts. Not only can you pick up a shirt from uh, from Alouette's legend to Peter De La Riva, but you also can pick up many others. And one that was talked about specifically this weekend, Angelo King Kong Muska. If you, if you love him, you can pick up a shirt for him, too. So just head over to tarpsapparel.com. Go ahead and uh, pick up pick up the shirt of your favorite uh, your favorite legendary player and uh, make sure you let them know that uh, the Alouette's flight deck sent you over to them. So as I mentioned before, that the uh, that we're lucky enough to speak with uh, the Alouettes president, uh, Patrick Boivin, about what's coming up for the uh, offseason this year. And um, let, we'll get to that interview now, and then uh, we'll come back and uh, we'll, we'll finish up the show. So the 2018 offseason could actually mark the biggest non-football-related changes to the Alouettes organization for the, uh, since uh, their rebirth in 1996. To give us an idea of some things to come, uh, we're pleased to have uh, Montreal Alouettes President Patrick Boivin to join us on the show tonight. Welcome, sir. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. So uh, I, I just happened to get the uh, the 2019 season uh, season ticket package or renewal package in the in the mail today, and uh, we just wanted to let some of the fans know what the Alouettes are going to do this year and. One of the things that I wanted to ask you first and foremost, because it has come up quite a bit recently with the Alouette's uh, statement recently and whatnot, um, how, how hard was it to make the decision, Patrick, to make the modifications to the, uh, to the seating for Percival Molson for 2019? 
Well, I don't. That's interesting. I don't know that it was a hard decision. Uh, at some point, you got to look at. You got to first of all face reality uh, up front, and and just look at uh, a the, the the atmosphere and the call it off field product uh, that we're offering. And, and the reality is, look, everyone can see it. There's there's a certain level of attrition in the stadium, um, and we don't want to just kind of sit by and um, not just not address it and certainly within the measures that we can control, right? So right. one of the things that we have been looking at <clears throat> excuse me, over the course of the last um, you know, 12 months or so was how efficient and how optimized is our stadium, whether it's our pricing, whether it's you know, the different sections that we have, um, and you know, in this case, uh, you know, the sheer size of it for now. So what, what we came up with was, okay, well, look, there are, you know, a number of extremely loyal people that are still there on a season ticket base, and, 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 and they've been scattered. And one of the fundamental, in my mind at least, but one of the fundamental pieces of the DNA of Percival Molson and, and, and of you know, the Alouette fan base is a sense of community and the sense of, of closeness that people have had at the stadium over the years. And when you get people getting more and more scattered across the stadium, you get, you get pockets of that, but, but you lose the kind of overall sense of, uh, of community, if you want. Right. So instead of having these you know, pockets of, of empty seats, unsold seats, we said, okay, well, is there a way that we can, you know, along with those season ticket holders, and that's part of a you know, relocation strategy, can we, with those season holders, find a way to bring everyone a little bit closer together, optimize the seats that aren't sold anyways and close those sections up, but essentially concentrate and, and focus the people that are still there. Um, and in, in this case, offer them a little bit of a, a better pricing for a better seat um, and inherently free up more seats that we can make available uh, at a reduced price. Right. Now, as the Alouettes are going to be doing, according to your, your release, you're going to be lowering the capacity from 23,430 to 20,025. Uh, it's going to increase yep. the inventory of available tickets to 10%. Um, what do so you it's have to increase by 10%? Sorry, sorry, apologies. Yes. Um, yes. What, um, one thing, one last thing about the, the change in the, the, the stadium and, and, amount, and the amount of people it's going to hold is. What can you say, Patrick, to those naysayers who are saying, well, what was the point? Because we, we've, we've talked about it on the show already uh, last week. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say to those naysayers who are saying, well, why is the team basically, quote unquote, wasting all this uh, infrastructure money that was given to them just to expand to 25,000 seats but total? It's, it's pretty simple, right? The, the reality that we're in right, right now is yeah. very different than the reality back in 2010. Right. So, it does not mean that our business model doesn't need 23,500 or even up to 25,000. I'm pretty sure we can make a strong argument for 23,500. Now, the infrastructure changes bring the seating capacity in the stadium to 23,500. 25,000 that was originally there was with the temporary stands in what is now known as the fan zone, right? right? So the model works at 23,500, and that's kind of how the infrastructure work was justified. Um, what we have now is just a reality of where we are. It doesn't mean those seats are going away. We're not 
debolting the seats and taking them out. We're, we're actually not doing anything with them other than covering up probably with, you know, some branding, uh, which is another topic potentially, but, and, uh, and, or, uh, sponsorship and visibility. The seats aren't going away. All we're doing now is essentially reconcentrating in order to be able to give people, you know, a better experience at the game, better atmosphere, bring all of this, um, you know, fandomonium kind of together, um, but then with the obvious intention of building that back out as the team progresses and as people start coming back to the stadium. Fandomonium. I like that, actually. I think I've, I don't think I've heard that before. I like that, that use of a word. That's a good word to use. Um, uh, hopefully it's actually a word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I think we'll, we'll allow it. Yeah, they're making up so many words these days, Patrick. Anyways, it doesn't matter. So, I mean, if it's a new word, you've co- you guys have coined it. So. Yep. If someone puts it out on Twitter, it's a word, right? Okay, exactly. <laughs> there you go. If it's on the internet, it must be true. Exactly. Um, we did. And I did happen to notice, and this just happens to, to fall into to my wheelhouse, is that the Alouettes have added this year for season ticket holders a new Hall of Fame section. Uh, I'll, I'll call it, and I want to call it a section, but a new Hall of Fame category for any season ticket holder who's been with the team uh, for more than 21 years. Can you expound yep. a little bit more on what's going to be given, uh, what's, what perks these Hall of Fame members, not not looking away from everybody else who's been with the team for anywhere from zero to, uh, to 21 years, but for anybody who's had season tickets for that long, what, what can they look, what other extra perks can they look forward to? Oh, good question. You guys are actually catching me. I don't have the exact details. <laughs> what I know in the conversations, I think, what I've known is, is it's, it's less about kind of specific specific material perks okay. and more about um, experiences, okay. right? So the kind of thing that, uh, you know, you guys have lived through in the last, you know, 12 months because we, we've crossed paths yes. where you have exclusive, um, you know, it's an exclusive, but a, certainly a, a um, kind of a one-of-a-kind one um, uh, access to uh, whether it's our staff, whether it's our players uh, in, in staff, I include okay. you know, myself and the coaching staff and anything else or Cavis for that matter. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it's a lot of, of what our fans fuel themselves on, okay. uh, especially the longtime fans. If, you know, uh, considering the recent, you know, successes or unsuccessful, you know, uh, games on the field is, is being able to have that proximity, have that access um, and ultimately have that storytelling as well, right? I mean, yeah. when you're able to kind of sit in a room or stand in a room and, and, and talk for, and I, don't, I can't remember if you guys were there in the, uh, in, in the, in the, in the film study that, that Cavis did with a number of our season ticket holders no. last year. No, we weren't. No, these people walked. So we had the season ticket holder event that was in the locker room. Uh, and it was a, a kind of a renewal event for those that were on the fence a little bit. So that's obviously not your case, no. but a lot of other people attended as well. And, and, and Cavis took about 20 of them and brought them into the team's film room and, and just started breaking down plays and started explaining some of the subtleties of, of the game that, that you know, a common fan won't necessarily see. And he, and he did so kind of from a coach's perspective. I actually even confirmed, I'm pretty sure, a number of renewals just coming out of that room. But that close proximity, that close exposure to, you know, some of the, the, the people that work the game and their reality, right. uh, or even just kind of sitting around and chatting. Um, the people that have been with us from the start, and by start I mean the return uh, in, in, in 96, um, they, that's, 
you know, at this point in their commitment, that's the kind of access that uh, that we want to give them. Okay. Now, uh, just one thing, just pretending I know, I know you didn't have the information in front of you. Can you expound more on this new uh, the Hall of Fame wall for these 21 plus season ticket members? It's pretty simple, right? The Hall of Fame wall is a Hall of Fame wall, so it's a it's a commemorative piece that's going to be at the stadium for everyone to see, um, where we you know do make a formal acknowledgement, uh, and I think we we want to integrate this into uh, some in-game mentions as well. Um, uh, but it, it it look the reality is 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 we can't say enough, and we can't kind of recognize enough uh, the people that have stayed with us through thick and thin. Right. And you know, and some of them are going on on 21 years now. So I think there's there's a lot of value in making sure that those people are recognized. Yeah. All right. I don't want to be one of these naysayers that you've been talking about, Patrick. But I've spoken with quite uh, a few people. Guys, at, guys, guys, guys <laughs> you guys have naysayers. <laughs> yes, we definitely we definitely have Your naysayers. Word, there's no mine. question. <laughs> but uh, speaking with a few people that all of a sudden now have decided that they're out. They don't want to associate with the Alouettes. They don't want to renew their season tickets. What's going to be the big focus? What's going to be the strategy, if you will, to get those fans that have said, no, I'm out and get them back in? Can you expand on that a little bit? Well, you know what? It's no different. Um, So where we had, um, I think, four uh, uh, season ticket member events last year, as we were kind of ramping up, you know, this kind of approach, uh, I think we're scheduled or planning to have uh, at least double that this year. Uh, again, same thing, right? Access to coach, access to myself, Cavus, etc. Um, I think people at the end of the day, whether they are ticket members that, that are not planning on renewing, or even if they said that they've confirmed that they're not going to renew, you know, look, we can't, we can't force, physically force someone into a room um, for them to ask us questions or for us to give them answers or reasons to come back. Um, we can offer as much as we want by email, but if someone is non-receptive, there's only so much you can do. But for those that choose to at least listen for one more time, whether it's on the phone, by email, in person, um, what we want to give them is access to what we live, right? Access to um, context and, 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 and a little bit of the story behind what they more than likely only have the opportunity to read about in the media. Uh, and I think the biggest thing that, that we kind of need to work on is just that, is, you know, so many decisions, and I'm not talking about, you know, team performance, because team performance, um, you know, for us, you know, 2018 was a reset year. We brought in, you know, a full load of new coaches, and, and they all had their learning curve, and this team has, as, as an organization, had its learning curve. Uh, and look, whether you're, you're, you know, filtered by, you know, too many years of frustration. I understand that, but the reality is this team did improve in the second half uh, and did show a lot of signs of the team and, and, and identity that we thought we were going to have earlier on in the season. All right. So, if we're going on that, then the important thing for for us to be able to do, if people give us the chance, is to give them contests on a lot of other areas where they may feel that we're not doing our job. Uh, and, and yes, this will be probably guided towards. You know, Coach Sherman towards Cavus. So why not give these people, if you have access to them, why not give these people a chance to not convince you, but at the very least explain and, and kind of maybe deconstruct, you know, where you feel that you have some frustrations. And you'll be surprised at the amount of people that all of a sudden by having a 15, 20, even half an hour conversation, um, all of a sudden start seeing things from the other side of the, 
you know, paint a class, right? right? Because there there always are so many other sides to different stories. And, you know, the, the unfortunate part is that things come out with sometimes kind of slated opinions, and that comes through media, and that's just part of the reality. The opportunity that we have is to give you the other side, too, and then up to you to make a judgment after that. Hmm. Now, the Alouettes in 2018 had a very unique game promo for most of the season with, uh, with the, the Toujours game. And he also happened to ramp it out this year with the, the new TouchereGame.ca website, which you're asking fans yep. to give their feedback to what they have seen through their history, through their experiences with the team and, and whatnot. But also it's leading up to which, which the team is calling, what you called earlier, uh, was the new rebranding of the Salowitz franchise. And that's what I mentioned, you know, that's as what I was you know, kind of alluding to at the beginning with my, with my opening. Uh, first, um, you came from a very successful rebranding of the Concordia University Stingers uh, program. Very successful mm-hmm. and, and a great look for the, for the team. Um, once I heard that you were coming here to the Alouettes, I had very high hopes that if that was going to be the case for the gals, you, and because you're involved in it, that we are going to be seeing some very interesting things going forward to 2019. And the team has already teased us a little bit with what they did in the, in the, the McGill Metro Station. Um, with the pictures that are currently on the season ticket packages. And I guess we can say either fortunately or unfortunately, because I think it's a positive for the Alouettes organization about what was uh, what came out in the press and social media the other day with the release of one of the trademarks uh, by Chris Creamer over at sportslogos.net. Um, what, uh, what do you guys have in, in store for the fans for the rest of the, uh, the offseason leading up to the launch in uh, – uh, in 2019. Well, you pretty much summed it up. I don't know what's left to say. Um, <laughs> Way to look, go, Tim. The, the reality is, is what we undertook, um, I, I, I'd, I'd say probably about 18 months ago, was, was really an evaluation of what this team's identity was, um, which, look, arguably I think was, was a little lost. Uh, it was partly lost on, on me coming into it. I, it, was, it was difficult for a lot of people to clearly put their finger on what the actual, you know, the Alouettes actually meant. Um, so as you go through this, this, you know, DNA analysis, if you want, you start to uncover a bunch of different pieces, namely, you know, how, you know, our storied past, A, needs to be talked about a lot more, um, how we are very intertwined with some of the kind of very strong triggers that define Montreal, uh, how our players are more accessible than probably any other professional athlete uh, in Montreal or, you know, certainly on the North American landscape. Um, and you start taking all these things together and, and you start identifying, you know, what the Alouette actually stand for, you know, let alone all the historical facts. So, you know, we talk about brand. For me, brand is, 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 is what your identity is. Brand is not, you know, an aesthetic on a wall. So defining what our brand, not redefining it, we're not changing it. What we're doing is we're defining it and then we're, we're maybe catering it to, you know, what 2018 means, or in this case, what 2019, 2020, and, and beyond means. Um, so that's, you know, there, there's a couple things you brought up. So digital game, um, in, in, in our minds at least, or the way that we're positioning this, is, is a mindset. Uh, and it's very much a Quebecer and a Montrealer mindset of being, you know, always game and being total game to kind of just step up and, and face anything and, and face, you know, be resilient and face challenges. And 
it's very much so what the Alouettes have been doing over the course of a number of years. So Tuzrok Game is a bit of a mindset, and it just kind of sets the stage for partly where we are now, but also kind of where we've been and, and, and that the state of mind that we want to be in going forward. Both you know, the players have adopted it, but also you know, to a degree from a marketing standpoint. Um, and, then, and then that brand analysis um, leads us to looking, uh, looking at our aesthetics and looking at how people can attach themselves to this team, which goes largely through uniforms and through merchandise and through you know, your look and feel. Uh, and yeah, the, the reality was, is we looked at this and we said, well, look, maybe after 20 years, this is something we should be looking at. So that's when we started playing with the colors a little bit. Um, and yeah, we have an unveiling that, that, that we're really looking forward to, where people are going to be able to, you know, hopefully embrace, you know, this new identity, which is more, like I said, more than a logo, more than mm-hmm. uh, 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 aesthetics. It's, it's really kind of, it's going to define us and it's very much going to be entrenched with Montreal, hence the play on word when we start using Montreal's and just adding an S to the, our city's name. I, for, I, am, uh, I consider myself a, a, a local guy, Patrick, and from what I saw with the, with the, I guess we'll call it leak, or whatever you want to call it, happened the other day uh, with the, the trade, one of the new trademarks, is I'm, I'm optimistic. I really like the, where the Alouettes are going with this portion of the rebrand. Um, it, it's, it's something where it's you, you think of it, what I saw, I think of it as, as along the lines of what the Milwaukee Brewers have done with these, the, their old logo, Hartford Whalers. You see something, but you can also see something else. So as you said, it's not necessarily just a logo. There's more to the logo than just what you're seeing. So it's, from what I've seen, I... Of course I, I, there is. And there's more, there's more to everything that we're doing than the logo, too. And yeah. that's the thing, right? There, there are multiple layers. Truthfully, a lot of this... Um, uh, a lot of this kind of rollout would have happened earlier on if if the season had been more conducive to that. Okay. Uh, but we chose to we chose to to, to not not tr- not seem and not be perceived as trying to you know cover up uh, uh, on field uh, shortcomings um, and just took a little bit more of a you know disciplined approach to it, I guess. Um, and that's why that's why things are going to happen in the off season over Super Bowl weekend. So in hindsight, you're you I think I guess you're saying that you're glad. Ah, let me change. Let me reword this. You're happy you got the opportunity to push it back. Um, no, because because had we had uh, a, a better season, mm-hmm. we would everything would have rolled out in in the in the fall okay. as it was planned, right? Okay. The whole the whole rotation of logos on the helmet was to bring people to, um, you know, not only revisit our history, but it was also to accompany people to the changing of a guard of sorts, right? Okay. To kind of a, a new era, if you want, in, in aesthetics. Uh, so tell us, Patrick, uh, are the, in theory, are the uniforms pretty well ready to go and we're going with this, or is there still sort of room for, a bit more evolution of the actual look itself. Oh, guys, I, I, told, I told you about the new logo. I never confirmed <laughs> what was leaked was actually it. Um, no, that's, that, that's, so, that's fair. That's fair. The, uh, true, the, true. The, the uniforms, we're, not, we're certainly not going to put out a picture of uh, you know, Enoch Mwamba or, or Will Stanback in a uniform that we're not going to use. So uh, there may be some subtleties that, that we didn't necessarily put out in the public. Um, but uh, but the, so the look and feel from a from a color kind of perspective uh, is pretty much dead on where we're going to be. Now the logo, 
you know, we'll just we'll have to make it through uh, to February to just yeah. keep rest. <laughs> uh, hence, you're stringing us along. I know, hence the, hence, right. yeah, hence I, the I, hash- I have I have to tease a little bit. That's yeah. that's the whole point. Hence the hashtag I've been using since I first saw it was like, is it February yet? So <laughs> there you go. Um, any other any other information you can you can give us before we let you go, Patrick? Because I, I know, as I said, you've been gracious to give us your time this evening and. Uh, Anything else that you could tease the the Alouette fans, uh, whether it be current or possibly future season ticket holders? Well, listen, I just I think we're on the verge of something, and I know that people have probably heard this for a while, but but this is really our first first chance now of kind of going into a second season with some um, call it momentum of sorts. At least you know, even though it's in very very small bites coming out of the season from a football perspective. Uh, from a business perspective, things things remain difficult, but we have a lot of things to look forward to. And I think as as we, we, we are able to kind of engage in some of these new initiatives, some of the new things that we want to be, you know, launching at the stadium, uh, I think there's 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 something that people are going to be able to kind of sink their teeth into. Um, and I, and I have full confidence that this team that we saw, you know, in the second half of the season is is the team that we're going to see when we start off the season. Uh, and will bode, you know, very well for uh, for next season. So, if if uh, any current uh, fans of the Alouettes organization want to order season tickets for the 2019 season, uh, how would they get a hold of any of the uh, any of the ticket agents to do so? Well, the best way is always through the web. Um, that's the first and foremost. It'll be just a click away on their phone. Uh, so, at MontrealAlouettes.ca. Uh, and uh, otherwise, they can certainly give us a call. We'll pick up the phone anytime, 7-8-5-1-4-7-8-7-2-5-0-0. Now, once again, Patrick, it's, it's greatly appreciated. I know we've been talking to try to have you on the, on, the, on the show for a while, but we know you've been busy. But we do appreciate your time. We do hope to see you sometime in the offseason at, at, at one or many of the season ticket holder um, uh, functions. Or, uh, but uh, we greatly appreciate everything you've done. And uh, uh, we hope to uh, hope you have a very good off season. Well, I plan on seeing you guys there. Um, bring friends and uh, and try to continue spreading the good word for us. If if they come, then we will find a way to convince them if they are not already. And uh, thanks for taking the time. Hope uh, hopefully we can do this some other time. And once again, we want to thank uh, Patrick for joining us on the show. It's been a long time coming. I think we reached out to him in February this year at the uh, at the. Uh, what was it? Uh, Randy's road trip. Yes. And we we, we were talking to him there, and uh, um, he, he was able to shed a light on some few things. I love his, <laughs> I love it. Hey, his comment. I never said that was the actual logo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, as it, you know, he he has to keep something. He has to keep something. You know, something. Obviously, there's many things a secret. So it's a, we'll find out. To, as I say, you always will leave him wanting more, and that's. That's essentially the case. Is again, you, how, if you're an Alouettes fan, like how, just the 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 thought of this rebranding, this uh, this new identity, if you will. I mean, how, how can you not be excited about that? I mean, yes, the product on the field hasn't been the greatest the past few years, but it's almost like this is a chance now to wipe the slate clean, start over new, start with a, a fresh identity, and. Who knows what could happen? I mean, like the, the, this team has made it very clear, especially their the the postseason pressers, that next year they're looking towards playoffs. Now they want to do what they can to put a winning product on the field. And quite frankly, I mean, if you're gonna you're coming into this with a new look, a new identity, 
changes will have to be made for sure. And again, it's being done with with a goal in mind. Like now, they've made it very clear that they've gone through their go- the growing pains. They've gone through their struggles. Things haven't gone exactly the way they wanted it to, but it's all leading towards something. And that's what we've been asking for for at least this year. At least is just show us something that tells us that you're on the right track. And are they on the right track? Only time's going to tell. But I mean, at least you they realize now that. There's a bit of urgency now in knowing that they have to get their act together. They've been given that grace period to get their get themselves sorted out. Now it's time to focus on getting the Alouettes back to winning football games. Exactly. And- exactly. Um, there were, uh, as I said, there was some Alouette news that, that did come across uh, the wire uh, since we did last at our show. And uh, what was the news that we found out? Well, uh uh, he, we just had him on the show, Patrick Boivin, uh, during the uh, media availability to end the season, pretty much confirmed that Mike Sherman and Cavis Reed will be returning in 2019 with the Alouettes, as, uh, respectively as the head coach and general manager. General manager uh, which, again, for, all, for so many years, we've been wanting stability with, within the Alouettes. And... I know that these guys have their critics, uh, especially Kavis Reed. Uh, I think the the most popular thing to do online, if you're a Canadian football fan, is to harp on Kavis Reed for his many many decisions, whether you understand them or not. Uh, there are times too where I have to wonder too about some of the moves that have been made. But now this this organization realizes they've got to keep things stable. They've got to make this work. And as I said before, they had their get out of jail free card. They pretty much are running the show like this is definitely Cavis Reed's team uh Mike Sherman has made it very clear that he he thinks this team's on the right track he's got the he's getting the right core together to for long-term success so they've basically bought themselves another season as far as I'm concerned I think this really again the goal has to be playoffs at this point like you can't just hope to squeeze in uh uh, like you know on an eight and ten record like now you have to be really truly focused on putting the best team possible out there. I, I, I mean, this team, I still find, has a lot of work to do in re- rehabilitating its image. Uh, it's going to take more than fancy uniforms to get that taken care of, though, folks. I'll tell you that right now. There's definitely going to have to be some more changes. Uh, I know a few players uh, will be moving on, for sure. That's inevitable. Uh, new people will be brought in, and uh, we'll see how that works out. But uh, I, I think... As difficult as it is for me to sort of think about, but uh, I, I think this is basically going to have to be, you know, it's playoffs or bust. And if they don't make the playoffs again, then you got to blow it up again. And it, it, it sucks to say because, again, this team has been desperately looking for some sort of stability. And stability is good, but you got you got to be building towards something. you got to show that there, you've got something solid in place. And Montreal hasn't exactly done that really well the past few years and i'm hoping that they got to get it figured out that that's all there is to it is they just got to get it figured out and this is the year to do it like it's make it or break it simple as that yeah and we'll see and it's something we want to revisit too in the next couple weeks if possible is uh uh is free agency and and that'll that'll be a huge thing too you know because remember with what we don't have as far as uh draft picks this year what we've gained what we've lost etc so it's It'll be interesting to see, but again, it's something that we will revisit uh, in uh, uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, we can't go with at least mentioning that, obviously, with the the uh, the finals coming up this week in the CFL, uh, it is going to be, I think, 
some amazing football. It's actually supposedly not going to be cold in Calgary. What the heck's going on there, considering what it is here today in Montreal and what it was in, in uh, Regina on Sunday? Uh, I mean, they're looking for, I think, for a high of five in, Cal- in Calgary, if I'm not mistaken, which is oh. absolutely crazy, uh, especially for out west. Um, you know what, dude, at least it's not as bad as what it is in Labrador. I think it's Labrador City or near Labrador City in Labrador, where they have had more than almost 200 centimeters of snow since September. Oh, God. And they no. had 83 alone in October. Yeah, that that's a hard no from me. No, no. I I... I mean, Newfoundland is supposed to be a very beautiful province. Newfoundland Labrador is supposed to be a very beautiful province. And, you know, I, I'll gladly go visit in the summertime. But you're telling me they've had snow since September. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this much snow and it's not yeah. going to stop anytime soon. Nah, I'm, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. That's a hard no. Now, question is, what is what's the weather going to be like in, in Ottawa for this weekend? Uh, looks like it's, uh, I don't think any snows in the forecast, but you got the Tiger Cats heading into Ottawa to play the Red Blacks. Um, this matchup, it's going to be a very interesting matchup between these two teams, and it's just a matter of uh, will uh, uh, will Hamilton be able to, to to harness what they have so far in having playing last week, and will Ottawa not be able to come out rusty? I think that's one of the few things that they, that we need to look at. But uh, um, this game, uh, either way, I think this is going to be a great game for whichever team will be the true Eastern representative. In the Grey Cup, absolutely. Uh, one thing I'm looking forward to seeing though is that Red Blacks defense. Uh, Noel Thorpe, we we've seen him here for so many years. This is his first real true opportunity to put together a championship team, a championship defense, and the results speak for itself. Now, my question is, how's that defense going to pair up against a suddenly potent offense from the Hamilton Tiger Cats? I mean, they they hung 50 points on. On, on, on the BC Lions, a team that I, I feel was not bad at all, especially they were one of the hotter teams in, in the second half of the season this year. And they just dummied them. They straight up dummied them. So are they going to be able to do that against Ottawa? They're going to have to because they, they lost the season series uh, three games to, nothing, to zero to the Red Blacks. If you, you got to go to the Grey Cup, you're going to have to beat Ottawa. You're going to have to find a way to beat this team. Yeah. And... I'm I'm really curious to see this this Ottawa defense versus Hamilton's offense. It's uh, it's going to make for a very fun game. Now the Western uh, the Western final pits the Stampeders versus the Blue Bombers. Um, what does Calgary have to do not to not to get upset by by the Bombers? For me, it's it's going to be tough on offense because they're still missing a lot of key pieces. But I mean, Bo Levi Mitchell, he just wills teams to victory i mean that's that's just what he does like that's why he is the western nominee for the most outstanding player Uh, i mean calgary's defense too is also nothing to sneeze at i mean they they definitely keep going i mean they too have also suffered injuries and they just it's always the next band up mentality and they just keep they keep going with it i mean it's they still are as far as i'm concerned the, the team to beat but i mean i think a lot of the bloom has come off the rose and people are looking at what winnipeg's done and they've just They've been so consistent, and th- we talked about this earlier in the season. Like we did our, that media poll, and we really liked what Winnipeg had to offer. I think yeah. they were. We said they were the most complete team, A to B. Like as long as everybody's healthy, and as it stands right now, Matt Nichols is rolling. He's gotten himself into good rhythm. Andrew Harris, my God, this kid is phenomenal. Wow. 
I, I mean, he he will run through this Calgary team. I I see that happening big time, and I can't guarantee a Winnipeg win. But I mean, I tell you what, like if momentum really is the thing, do not do not sleep on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at all. I think Calgary. Uh, they have to realize this, and even though they're playing in their house and in their environment, where they rarely lose, I tell you what, they they will. I don't think they're taking the blow, the bombers lightly, and they'd be wise not to because I think Winnipeg, they just may have another upset in them. I mean, we thought they were, it was shocking to, to beat the the Rough Riders in Saskatchewan. Imagine if the bombers go to Calgary, go to McMahon Stadium, and just shock. Every, it would be a shock. I mean, as good of a team as what Winnipeg is, it would still be a shock to go into Calgary and beat the Stampeders in their own house. Yeah. I mean, that would be just incredible to see. Well, we've seen, we've seen stranger things in the CFL. So, I mean, and, and it is it is playoff football. So, um, yeah. Uh, it's winner go home. Exactly. Um, we will be back next week. We're trying to, uh, trying to get some stuff together, even though the Alouettes are currently, you know, aren't, they are out of the playoffs, but we still want to talk about, uh, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the division, the conference finals and which teams are going to be re- are represented in, uh, the great cup in Edmonton this year. So, um, I know Cliff, you're still on the fence. I hope you do get out to the, the great cup. We'll find that out next week. That's the, that's the teaser for next week, whether you're going or not. So, so, so stay tuned. It's not as big as the Alouettes thing, but, you know, but it's still stay tuned. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, everybody in, enjoy the, uh, the playoffs this weekend, and uh, we will speak to you next week. But before we go, do not forget that we are on social media. There are multiple places where you can find us. You can find us over on Twitter at Alouettes FL Deck. And you can find us over at our, our Facebook page at, uh, it's at Alouette's Flight Deck. Also, if you want to listen to the entire archive of the Alouette's Flight Deck since the beginning, multiple places you can do that. The best place is over at alouettesflightdeck.ca or head over to iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, or Spotify. So again, uh, we will be speaking with you guys next week. If you have any questions, concerns, or uh, suggestions on what we should be talking about next week, uh, send us a note over on the on social media, and uh, we'll uh, we'll try our best to to get that on the show. So for everybody here at the Alouette's Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.